Welcome to episode 15 of Your Hearth at Home. My name is Tara and I am so grateful that you are here. Today I am so excited to be speaking with Shannon of Siba Tree Yoga. She has been a practitioner of yoga for over 20 years, a teacher for over 10 years, and is continually engaging in additional education, especially around how the practice of yoga can be trauma-informed and accessible to a wider range of practitioners. Today, as was voted on by the From the Hearth Collective on Facebook, Shannon and I chat about anxiety. Shannon shares about her experience with trauma and how her asana or her yogic movement practice has helped her progress on her healing journey on many different levels from where she started with a more rigid regime to now a very soft and invitational flow. She also shares other tools that she employs around anxiety and how she creates space to tune into being safe in our body, our intuition, and to what actually serves us in each moment. Now, I had planned on our chat being the first live interview into our collective group on Facebook, but we ran into technical difficulties. So we recorded the interview as you'll have experienced in the previous episodes on this podcast show. The difference with this one is that you will be able to head to the private Facebook group and watch the video of our conversation. When you join this group, you will also be able to participate in future live stream podcast interviews and become a part of our vibrant community. So this is why you'll hear reference to technical difficulties and to see if we had any audience questions. This episode is such a gift and I am very grateful to Shannon um, for sharing so openly and eloquently about her personal experiences with anxiety. I hope that you enjoy. Welcome back to your hearth at home. I am so very grateful to be here today with Shannon of Siba Tree Yoga. She has been practicing yoga for over 20 years, teaching for over 10 years. Um, She has continued her studies in yoga around trauma and embodied practice. She has been delving into the world of spirituality with Angela Prider of Shamanic Yoga, or excuse me, West Coast Shamanic. I am so very grateful for you to be here with us today, Shannon. Well, thanks for having me today. I'm super excited as well, and nervous, and anxious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's just so interesting because you said yes to this, which I'm so very grateful for. You said yes to trying to get this Um, as a live interview, our first live interview on the podcast. And you said yes. And then now here we are just trying to navigate all kinds of technical difficulties. (laughs) And we're back to (laughs) pre-recorded. All good. It's all good. Thank you. Thank you for managing this kind of, as we talk about anxiety. (laughs) I know. Talk about bringing some anxiety up today. (laughs) Right? Oh my goodness. Actually, I have a candle for our group that I'll light. And um, I would love to start by asking you about your journey 
about how you came to where you are now, how you maybe even came to yoga and then how you came to teaching and kind of how this journey has, has brought you here today. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably about 25 years ago when I went to my first yoga class and um, I was pretty young. I was probably um, early 20s and my mom had taken me to a class and there was just something about it that I I enjoyed. Like I just felt this peace and calm. And so I would say that the, over the la, over mm, that first 10 years, maybe I dabbled in and out with some yoga. Um, I started practicing sporadically. And then after I had my kids, um, some of the other ways that I was dealing with stress and anxiety, like going to the gym and running and being super active, um, wasn't uh, supporting me. It was um, creating uh, more fatigue and more tiredness and it, it, it wasn't helping. So I committed to a yoga practice from there, um, a regular yoga practice. And it was in that time I was working in a very um, sort of high stress job with two little kids and I kind of had these three things happen to me and I won't explain it because it, it's sort of like I can't even remember most of them now, but these three things happened and I decided to sign up for yoga teacher training. Sorry, that's my cat scratching his post. That's how he reduces anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to take my yoga teacher training and just see um, where it would lead me. And within that first year, um, I left my full-time job to teach yoga and spend some more time, quality time with my my kids as they were really young. So it really supported me in that way. Um, and then, you know, my yoga teaching has, has evolved since then. It's been about 12 years and 13 years maybe now. Um, my practice was very um, physical, very um, alignment-based, very sort of a rigid practice, and also for teaching. And um, as you know, I've evolved and I've changed and continue to change. Um, I found trauma-informed yoga, trauma-sensitive yoga, and some more um, some gentler practices. Hi, um, <laughs> I know. You're not talking to me. Pay attention to me. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, so I just found some, I found myself um, healing. I had just embarked in a healing journey for myself through um, West Coast Shamanic. And I had found um, that there was a different level of awareness within my own body and my own practice was changing. Um, and then my own teaching started to shift and change naturally to give some choices instead of having such a rigid practice. And that's when, um, and then shortly after that, I found out about um, yoga outreach and I wanted to become a volunteer to give back and be of service. So I did some training and I realized that the training was very much about, um, um, you know, coming into your body to heal and to, to work with old trauma and anxiety and stress. And 
there was this level, there was this language of choice, this invitational language that I was really drawn to. So I've continued on with some studies with the trauma center, um, trauma sensitive yoga. Um, I was supposed to do uh, an in-depth training this uh, September, which I pulled out of just because of the situation in the world right now. Um, so I'm going to continue to evolve this teaching and this practice um, for myself and for my students. So that's my yoga journey. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just so beautiful to see the evolution. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so what was it about the invitational language, do you think, or that, that embodied practice? Like, what does that have to do? What, what makes that different from the more rigid practice, as you say? Mm -hmm. Um. Well, when we're given, like, you know, when we've experienced um, situations in our life, whether it's trauma or situations when we didn't have choice, um, you know, I found that sometimes in yoga that perpetuated that same idea. It's like, it's like we had to look, I had to look a certain way. My body had to be aligned in a certain way. And even though it served a certain purpose, it created a lot of anxiety and stress that I wasn't getting it right. And, or people weren't getting it right. Or it implied to me that there was this idea of perfection that I was just never going to attain. And so with, um, with choice and, and offering choice to other people, they, can, they feel a sense of empowerment around their bodies um, listening and tuning into their bodies because um, every time I come on my mat, I feel different and everybody does. So maybe today I'm going to choose something different than I did yesterday based on that. And opening the door for people for choice is so empowering and it allows people maybe sometimes for the first time in their life to feel like they have permission to do what's right for them in the present moment. Yeah. So that's really key for me is, is offering choice. And then also to, um, you know, with the embodiment piece, it's, you know, there's so, so many times I've been on my yoga mat and at the end of the practice, like I couldn't probably tell you what I did. I just moved. And sometimes I want to maybe disassociate and, and not be there and not be aware of what's going on. Um, but the more that I tune into my body and have this awareness of the sensations, the feelings, the, the discomfort, the, the things that feel easeful, um, it, it allows me to understand what's going on for me in each moment. It really allows me to, to understand my body and, and, and even just like how in feeling and just accepting that each moment I'm going to feel different. I'm going to, whether it's physically or mentally or emotionally and just allow some of that to be moved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I could imagine just that alone really transcends off of the mat. Is that in your experience when you can take these types of lessons into the world? Yeah. And I mean, that's the, the beauty of this practice. It's, it's, um, you know, it's practicing something in a, in a space where 
you're potentially on your mat by yourself if you're behind say on a zoom meeting or a zoom class um, or in a in a small studio space you know you're practicing these these pieces where you you're given choice you take choices that support you and then you're going to take those same you're going to build on that and and use that in your everyday life yeah and what so sometimes in my, in my experience with anxiety, sometimes I find it helpful to actually be told what to do because sometimes I don't actually know what I want. Right. I think like the, uh, one of the key learnings that I've, I've learned through um, trauma-informed and trauma-sensitive yoga is to not overwhelm with choice. So one of the principles we have is giving an A, B choice. So you know, here's choice A and choice B. Um, but of course, I always start a practice letting people know that outside of those choices, I'm, if there's something else that's working for them, but I won't overwhelm people with multiple choices because then people kind of get stuck not knowing which choice to take. Yeah. And so when you have choice A or B, um, perhaps it's easier to make a, a, an informed choice in that moment. What's going to support me the best. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And in terms of managing, so, so when we practice trauma informed yoga and we have these tools that we start to cultivate um, and this awareness that we start to cultivate, if we're not on our mat, um, do you have any recommendations for, you know, how to manage when triggers come up, when anxiety comes up within us, um, tools um, that you might work with, you know, just in your experience? Definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking in particular for me is when I'm driving. Um, driving for me is like i'm very i'm just gonna say it if you see me out there and i'm acting like a total idiot and i'm road raging i really apologize in, in advance like driving is definitely a major trigger for for me and um i'm really learning to be with it and and, and just notice um but yeah there's always an opportunity to pause maybe take two three four breaths and in that two, three, four breaths for myself, anyways, I will notice my body. I'll notice my feet or whatever. So I'll come back into my body because oftentimes when I'm experiencing anxiety, it's like a part of me is either, I mean, I, I want to say it's like scattered, right? Like pieces of myself are scattered all over the place. And so I'm not really here and I'm not in the present moment. Um, and being scattered and frazzled or whatever word you want to want to call it. Um, the way I envision it is that like I've kind of left my body. I've left the present moment. Mm -hmm. So for me, coming back to just taking a few simple breaths, um, sometimes it's repeating like an affirmation or a mantra or whatever practice you have around that just to bring yourself back mm -hmm. fully. Yeah. So the breath is key. And when I'm not on my yoga mat, I mean, there's other, there's other pieces for me to help with anxiety. Yoga is one piece of that. Getting out in nature, somewhere that's maybe less um, 
busy and noisy and calming, maybe near a river or a lake or in the forest or wherever you feel connected to nature. It could be a park near your house, um, maybe putting your feet in the grass or um, petting my cat. There's like so many ways to bring myself back into the present moment and to come back into my body. Yeah, so this really this emphasis around present moment awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really beautiful. And just remembering, because for me, I'm often in fear, which lays in the future, yes. or in regret, which lays in the past. Yes. So yeah, just coming back to the present moment. Thank you. Yeah, that's really key. And then these other tools, right? And we all get to find our own tools. Um, so yeah, thank you. Is there? There's definitely, I mean, for some people that, I mean, and I want to say the breath is probably something that we all have, right? So um, yoga doesn't necessarily need to even be on a mat. Um, yoga doesn't have to actually be movement. Um there's so many layers to that we could maybe take a whole podcast to talk about that Um, but sometimes I even put on some music that's calming or uplifting um, and that just sometimes will just help to ease things as well I'm not sure if you what other things that you experience or however other ways but meditation it depends on how the anxiety feels for me if it's really supercharged um maybe moving first and then coming into meditation is helpful. But if I'm supercharged and trying to sit still, I get really restless and sort of fidgety and I I find it really challenging. So there are sort of layers to that. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. That's such an important distinction to make because the way the anxiety is experienced will inform the, which tool we use to manage it. So that's a really, really important thing to name yeah when when i'm when i'm hyper i do find it extremely difficult to sit in meditation versus if i'm having anxiety where i'm in this freeze mode yes it's easier for me to sit because i'm already frozen (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you for naming that yeah i appreciate that Please pardon the interruption in this wonderful podcast episode. I'd like to take a moment to share with you the opportunity to be in community and supported in your at-home practice of self-love. I invite you to join the Sacred Circle Collective. This is a group of like-hearted people who gather at each quarter moon to complete a practice, whether that be meditation, movement, breathwork, or any of the other fun stuff that we get up to in the space. This collective is about setting aside one hour each week to invest in yourself. If you are listening to this podcast episode, then I believe that you are conscious, curious, and open to practicing self-love. Click the link in the show notes for further information and to claim your first month free. That's all replays, four live practices, and the chance to be in this community at no charge with no obligation. I am so grateful and excited to share this space with you, and I can't wait to see you in there. And now, 
back to the podcast. And so when, as you've navigated your own anxiety journey, mm-hmm. has there been particular guides or teachers um, that have kind of influenced you or had pieces that really landed for you? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think first of all was just being aware and and naming what I, what was going on for me was anxiety. And then also, um, understanding trauma, um, and some layers of trauma and understanding as well that, um, everybody has some kind of trauma that they've experienced. Um, so the other piece was, is also recognizing that I'm, not unique that I, what I'm experiencing other people experience. And I'm sure um, many people experience way more than me and some people less or, or whatever. So there's no, like, I don't feel like I'm special and have anxiety or um, experience trauma or anxiety. And, but I do feel like there's been some, some pivotal moments in my life. Uh, yoga if if you'd asked me 10 years, 15 years ago about yoga, I wouldn't be able to tell you that this is um, my, the yoga practice helped ease my anxiety. Like I knew it did something for me, but I couldn't name what that was. So yoga is a piece for me that, um, so it's, it's a teacher. Yoga has been a big teacher for me, a huge teacher. And I've had many, many yoga teachers, but I wouldn't say there's one, that um as pinpoint uh that i can pinpoint to say is like somehow um except for with the trainings and and the deeper level of awareness um around trauma with yoga outreach and with the trauma sensitive yoga trauma center um definitely my work in um the shamanic realm has definitely helped to uh sort out um, past trauma and and anxiety and as well um, being in recovery and um, you know letting go of any kind of substance or alcohol has really really supported me in living in the present moment living one day at a time and really looking deeper (laughs) at some stuff yeah so just really uncovering layers and I, I guess, you know, I've always been like a seeker of understanding what's going on with me, right? And so there's been so many moments, but definitely removing alcohol from my life was key because I also grew up in um, with alcoholism in my family. So that was a huge, huge piece. And like that recovery journey is, is, is endless, but amazing. Um, coming to yoga and bringing that awareness into my life, the, the piece of like being okay in my body, feeling safe in my body. Um, because for many, many years, I didn't feel safe in my body. I didn't feel safe as a woman. I didn't feel safe um, in society because society had this idea of who I should be, what I should look like. 
Um, and so, yeah, a key piece of loving myself is being on being years and years on my yoga mat. Um, and that's, you know, interesting in itself because the, you know, yoga in North America, if you look on, you know, Google yoga poses, you see like super bendy white women that look awesome. And that's not me. So that took a long time to let go of feeling like yoga was only if I could do this and look like that. So that's been a huge, huge piece of of where I've landed in terms of teaching to create an ex inclusive space for anybody, no matter what you look like, what you can do, if you're able-bodied or not, or whatever. Yeah, so big journey. And that's a huge, huge piece of reducing anxiety. Yes. <laughs> because when when I go to a yoga class and I feel like I'm expected to hit this kind of ideal, like it brings up things. So having those safer spaces where we can just come with whatever we are, understanding that what you described, the bendy white woman on Google, like that's not yoga, right? <laughs> not at all. Like that's just, that's just not it. Um, so thank you for creating these spaces where people can come to experience because yoga itself can be a trigger. Yes, it is for me. Like the asana practice, the fitness based asana practice is extremely unappealing to me. Right. Yeah. And I so to create a space where yoga can be redefined. Is and, and I feel like there's a yoga for everybody. Like I'm not saying that, you know, this bendy person that can, that looks awesome is doing something wrong either because there's, that's who that person is. But I don't, I don't feel like that should be the model of what yoga is because yoga comes in, especially the asana, the physical practice um, has so many different um, aspects or avenues or, I mean, I could be sitting in my chair breathing and calling it yoga. So yeah, I, I feel like there's something for every person and you, and if you've tried once yoga once and you didn't connect with it, um, explore some other places, some other people, yeah. Yeah. And what do you think about this transition? So we've gone from this studio life mm -hmm. to now a lot of online offerings. How, how do you feel like, do you feel like it's more accessible for those who might not have had the, like who, who may have had anxiety holding them back? Oh, definitely. Some of the feedback I have received from, I had a few people start yoga. I mean, I'm calling this yoga, right? Okay, so let's just be clear. Yoga is like, I'm calling this the movement practice of yoga. But yeah. I had a few, definitely had a few people reach out to me and start this physical practice online um, and say what's held them back in the past is 
uh, a fear or anxiety around stepping into a space that is unknown um, or that they don't they they feel awkward because they don't know it um, they don't know anything about it and they don't want to look silly or they don't want to be embarrassed because they don't know what's going on or even hurt themselves or even just feel welcomed in in a space that um where everybody else seems to know what they're doing except for them yeah and that's their perception of that right so being able to be in their their bedroom or their living room and move their bodies and just start to connect their breath with their bodies and see how that feels online has been a, uh, an access point for some people definitely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking of walking into an unknown space, like definitely this is like a big, big piece of, uh, of anxiety for many people is walking into the unknown, whether that's meeting new people starting a new job, going to a new place that you haven't been before. Um, these are all things that, that create anxiety for many of us. Um, you know, there's been times when I've taught at a studio for 10 years and I'll go and sub a class for somebody else. And even though I've taught in that space, it feels like a different space all of a sudden because I'm teaching for some, and that even creates anxiety for me. Um, so being able to reduce barriers for people to access. Um, so I think that this online, um, I mean, online yoga has been here for a while, but I think we've all, we all got kind of forced to, to find new ways and finding new ways um, <laughs> can create anxiety. Right. So, <laughs> so interesting until sometimes I feel like unless I'm, like I was kind of put to the tipping point. I had people asking me to, to start doing some online yoga five years ago. And it was like, whoa, that seems scary and unnecessary. Um, but, you know, here we are at this, we were at this pivotal moment. And I didn't even think, I didn't even think twice about it. It was just like, okay, it's time to do this. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting that kind of getting pushed to that point, like even like for anything, um, even if it's just for us to start our, our healing or growth or development, whatever you want to call that journey, um, just to get on that path. Like some people, like I'll speak for myself, like I had to be pushed to the very limit mm -hmm. so that I had no other way to go. Um, but to, to delve into this kind of thing, like maybe like similar idea, less extreme with you moving online with yoga, right? Like it was just like, yep, yeah, now it's time. This is the way to go. Um, and so it's like, how can, so for, for folks who are not pushed to the extreme, but they're in discomfort, perhaps like they're managing some things, but they're not at the point where there's no other way. Um, do you have any words for those people, just encouragement or thoughts just to start to invest in themselves before they have to invest in themselves? Yeah, it's interesting. Like I was, yeah, I do for sure. I, I, you know, there's some things that I feel, I feel like for myself and this could be universal or not, but um, sometimes the thing that stops me from doing something is I feel like I need to be perfect at it before I've even started. I mean, I use this analogy all the time, like yoga is a practice. And um, when we practice something, 
um, we things shift and grow and move and change. And I used to use the analogy of like people associate practicing the piano. It's like a thing, like the more you practice, you sound, you know, more fluid or, or maybe you, you learn some new things or, you know, you, you can, whatever. It's the same. It's, it's like anything. I feel like we just need to start somewhere and just take a, a tiny little step and not think of the final outcome because the final outcome is just a projection of an assumption or a fear or an ideal or something that we've ha- that we put on ourselves. And I know for myself, I feel like, or I used to feel like I don't as much anymore. I would put this huge amount of pressure on myself to be perfect at something before I'd even tried it. And that's unrealistic. So letting go of um, perfectionism or fear of being judged or, or not being enough or, um, and just trusting, like, I, I mean, trusting your intuition. If you're feeling called to try something, I always believe that there's, there's something there for it. And it may not be that this is a lifelong thing for you, but maybe there's some lesson there that's super key to you, to your growth. Um, the, the path of growing is, is scary though, right? Because that means that as soon as we step on, things are going to change and change is scary for people. Um, and, but I also believe in growth and change becomes freedom, happiness, liberation, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, um, this is something that we're all kind of being at least, well, many people, I shouldn't say we all, but many people are being alerted to, um, items, pieces within that, that get to have some attention and maybe be, be healed, um, in this time when so much has shifted, uh, in the world. And so, and this is where anxiety can really take ahead when we haven't maybe experienced it before. Maybe some people, this is, this is a really big first awakening. Mm. And so just tuning in and, and noticing what's present. And it's a lot of work to try to find things online when we don't even know what we're looking for. So true. Yeah. So just wanting to say that and just tuning into, you know, investing the time in, in looking for things, I guess. Yeah, and asking people, like, I feel that some of the, uh, when I'm trying to do things on my own and find things on my own, it, it's so much more work than, than reaching out, asking other people for help or asking people, do you know somebody that, and things just continue to unfold as I allow myself to, to be vulnerable like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to add on to, you know, we haven't really talked about resting very much, but we've talked a lot about movement. Um, I feel like rest is such a key piece when things aren't clear. Um, just pause, take a rest. Um, or if you've been in a period of, of growth and action and movement, um, it's okay to stop. <laughs> And just be and take a rest. This is such a key learning for me this last couple years because 
I had so much anxiety, but I didn't know how to rest. I didn't know how to truly just turn things off. And I still have a hard time with that. Like my go-to is to be moving and going and, and then I hit a burnout, right? But before I hit that burnout, if I can find a, a moment to pause, um, restorative yoga is really great for that or meditation is really great for that. Um, yeah. I don't know, maybe have some other ideas around rest. <laughs> well, um, like, I'm just so glad you, you, you mentioned this because it's so important and it's something that I, I mean, in my recovery journey, when I, um, stopped drinking, I started being busy and I just overloaded my schedule and I was going, 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 going. There was no rest for two years. And so I was sober for two years. Well, sober uh, in quotations. I think I was actually more dry um, because I wasn't actually taking care of my actual problems. Um, and I was approaching burnout. I was approaching relapse because I wasn't resting. I wasn't taking care of the actual issues. Um, and so that's a huge piece for me, like rest. And it's, it continues to be, it is <laughs> very present for me in this time. Um, so I really, and, and the other thing that's, you know, with your, the things that you've talked about, rest, perfectionism, these are all pieces of dominant culture, um, which I name as white supremacist culture, um, which when we do these things, when we choose to rest, when we choose to let go of perfectionism, when we choose to move on this healing journey where we embrace change, um, we move to actually dismantle um, these, these, this culture that's actually holding us out of healing. And so I really appreciate you saying that. And especially amidst all that's present in the world, with the, the uprisings um, and this momentum that has been created that um, we get to keep going, you know, like I'd love to just ask if, you know, there's any thing that you'd like to share on that, um, this momentum, or if there's any uh, BIPOC voices that you know of that you'd like to uplift or elevate or just anything in regards to anxiety yoga in relation to Black Lives Matter, but also just dismantling of white supremacy in general as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, there, <clears throat> there really is so much out there right now. And I love that. I love that this is so prominent right now. And if you know, if you connect to what I was saying about perfectionism and, um, and, and resting and having a hard time, because we, we did, we really did grow up with this like over culture, this dominant culture, um, or we, we all have, it's been around for, for centuries, I guess, of um, doing more it, it gives you like a status symbol of some sort. The more that you're doing, the more you have, the more you, more, 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 uh, somehow uh, relates to who you are, which is total crap, sorry, <laughs> it's total bull. And um, yeah, dismantling this, these pieces and, and coming into our, 
our true self, our true power. And, um, and you know, as one of my teachers says, coming back to our sovereignty mm. is so key because, um, you know, it's like we've been fed this um, farce for, for far too long. And, and uh, it's, it's killing people. And look at how many people are stressed and, and we're dealing with lots of mental illness, lots of drug and, and alcohol addiction, a lot of addiction in general, um, because we've been, we don't feel like we're good enough ever. So I just had to go on that little rant. I could probably go on for a while. I'm going to cut myself off before I go too deep into this because I didn't want to make this like a political topic. But um, it's not yeah. political in my opinion. Yeah. I believe it's like human human health yes. issues. <laughs> totally. And I'm, I feel very, um, and it's in, in not even just around, um, I mean, it's, you know, I, I know I've learned about my own white pri privilege and what that means and, and what it means to be a white cisgendered woman in this society. And, um, and there's so many populations of people. It's, it's around the black, the black lives matter to me is just like the tipping point. And we're talking about, um, all sorts of marginalized communities there there's so many and um everybody's a person every person is a person we all are people that's just the bottom line um some of the the work that i've done with yoga outreach has been super key at educating my um educating me on multiple issues around decolonization and in some of our indigenous um, communities and and um and elevating just um, populate all sorts of populations. Um, I did a workshop with Ms. Michelle Cassandra Johnson, and I did, I know you have as well, and I did bring the book, I have the book here, Skill in Action, and so I'm super excited to dive into this. Um, so if anyone's interested in, in um, a little bit more about the yoga practice and, um, and taking some action and learning a bit more. Um, that's a really uh, good resource, um, I know. And then um, the Yoga is Dead podcast with um, Tejal Yoga and um, Giselle Yogawala. Um, you know, the first episode I ever listened to was The White Woman Killed Yoga. And, you know, you know, it's just, it's so interesting because I really do still, as a, as a white woman teaching yoga, I have, I, I'm really struggling to call it yoga. And I've said that a few times already tonight, um, because I'm not a South Asian woman teaching yoga. And so these are things that I need to look at and be aware of. And, um, and this is, this is like a practice that I feel connected to, but you know, I'm not, um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that, but there's lots, there's lots of resources out there around, around yoga, um, for sure. Um, and that's not to just, just also say like, as a, as a white woman, I've also experienced trauma personally, uh, generational trauma has happened in my family. Um, and so I don't want to also discount that my own experience and say that if you're white and 
like you still have uh, a story and experiences that shaped your life, but you don't also have the la other layers of all of these other pieces perhaps, right? That are, that can be barriers for people. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate that. It's very on my heart too. And these resources that you're sharing are so amazing. I'm going to quickly take a look at our group and check in if anybody has asked any questions about yoga and anxiety. It doesn't look like we've got any. So I would just love to ask um, if there is anything else that you are hoping or called to share um, about anything in general um, that you that you feel just needs to be left in the space. Sure. Um, so I did write some notes. I've been looking down because like I do have some anxiety, so I do need to have some little pieces to make sure I'm I'm I don't completely leave my body and freeze because when I freeze, I'm like like a deer in headlights. Um, yeah, I did want to also mention like I have some, I've done some studies, but there I'm not claiming to be an expert on anxiety or yoga or or trauma or anything. I I'm I'm on a learning, I'm on a learning journey and I will continue to learn. Um, I'm speaking mostly from my own experiences in life um, and my own experience with anxiety and yoga um, and how it's helped me. It's really transformed my life. It's really uh in ways that I probably couldn't even verbalize and don't even understand quite yet. Um, but I do know that moving my body in an intentional way, like yoga, there's probably other movement practices that are just as effective. Um, it really helps to shift some heavy energy and that could be stuck places, anxious places or places where I feel really lethargic or stuck and I can't take a step forward. So being in that freeze response, being um, maybe being in that hyper vigilant or hyperactive um, place of anxiety and, and trauma. Um, so the, the practice of yoga for me helps to get me connected to myself. It's really got me to learn who Shannon is, who I am. Um, it's really brought me home to myself. Um, and I can notice sometimes where the anxiety is sitting even in my body and using my breath and some of the movement to just help some of that move and flow out so that it's not just sitting there stuck, stagnant, and just building and building and building and building. Um, and of course, I mean, I... I need support too. There's certain things I can do for myself, but I see other practitioners. Um, I go to massage. I see an osteopath. I go to um, some somatic. I've done some somatic healing and and therapy and everything else. So it all it's all a combination. But there's things that you can do or I can do on my own to support myself without always seeking out words. Mm -hmm. I so appreciate that. Uh, just coming home to self, my heart's just singing. <laughs> oh, that's gorgeous. Thank you. And and where can where can we find you if we would like to try um, some of your offerings around stress and anxiety? 
Um, well, Sipa Tree Yoga is on Facebook and Instagram, and I have a website, so um, sibatreeyoga.ca. Um, I have some specific classes for anxiety and stress starting in the fall. I am uh, offering a free trial class for people um, coming up in a couple weeks. I think it's on September 3rd. Um, so if people are curious, and it, all it takes is a curiosity and and then some willingness to try. If you're willing to try and you're curious, come um, let me know and um, we'll get you set up. And it, like I said, it could, it could be for you. It may not be, but you could always try. Yeah, it's, and, then, and then you know, right? Yeah, and then you know this may be for you right now or it may plant a seed for something else down the road. Who knows? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I just want to thank you so much for, mm -hmm. for taking the time to be here to share your embodied experience. It really means a lot um, to be able to hear someone's story because that then we can really connect and relate. And, and so I, I want to thank you for sharing your story, for, for being willing to say yes to doing this on video and, and to, to be able to share with people um, face to face, hopefully a bit more of a connection. And I just want to thank you for managing with the technical difficulties also. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. When you asked me um, and you told me it was going to be this week, I, um, yeah, that's my anxiety. I was like, okay, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone now. So this definitely was, you know, getting out of my comfort zone and trying, trying something a little bit different. So thank you for asking me and thanks for having me here. So great to connect with you. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Shannon is such an amazing soul. I have personally taken her classes and they are truly an invitation to sink into the present moment, to relax into my body and to give it what it actually needs. Please make sure that you check out her offerings. I'm sure that the free class will fill up quickly, so get on that right away. And she also has some beautiful nature yoga combination offerings coming up, which look wonderful. And let me know, how are you enjoying these episodes so far? Do you have someone who you want to hear in this space or do you have a question that you are looking to have answered? Please connect with me on social media and be sure to join the From the Hearth Collective on Facebook to be involved in future episodes. All links are in the show notes. I am sending you so much love and I will see you next week.